You are listening to audio from the Decidedly Podcast. This episode is a highlight clip from this week's full episode. To listen in on the complete conversation, see the show notes for the link to the complete show. You can help us out by leaving us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate every bit of your support. I'm Morgan McKittrick, your producer, and this is Decidedly. So there are four parts, and this is great for any business owner of any size. There are four parts of my framework of influence, and they're very easy. The reason people love to use this, that any business owner of any kind, professional services like you guys or manufacturing, restaurants, anything in between, anyone can use this is because there's four parts. Number one, who is your ideal customer? Who specifically is really perfect for you? Who really are you influencing? Number two is, what are your insights about them, your, their mindset? What do they want more of? What do they want less of? What do they hope for? And what do they fear? And then the third question is, okay, well, based on those insights, what you know they want more of or less of or what they're frustrated about, what is the promise you're going to make? What is the outcome you as a business owner are going to promise to them? Which, by the way, is the one that we're all really good at. We're really good at figuring out the promise. Hey, work with us. We're going to give you higher quality. We're going to give you better service. We're going to give you better results. We're good at making the promises. The problem is most business owners of all sizes don't finish the sentence of influence. They don't finish the fourth question. Number one, who are you influencing? Two, what are your insights? Three, what's the promise you make? Four, what's your because? What's your proof? What's the proof that you're going to deliver the promise? So those are the four parts of the framework. So if you think about Coors Light, what we did was back then in the early 2000s, all beer advertising was rah, rah, party, party, fun, fun. It's great. Woohoo. You're going to look cool at the party. Like there was nothing to do about the beer. So a bunch of us had come in from other kinds of companies, Procter and Gamble and you know, other consumer companies that weren't in the rah-rah cool, cool beer industry. And we said, I wonder if you can use the same strategies that you use for, like you guys said, paper towels or shampoo or whatever to sell beer. Well, question one, who are you influencing? Well, the answer isn't actually everybody, and here's why. Because people say, oh, light beer, that's probably good for women or middle-aged men or whatever. Okay, women drink 25% of the volume of the beer in the United States. Men drink 75%. So men are a better target. 21 to 24-year-old men drink eight times more light beer than older men because they're very high-volume users. A few nights a week, they're drinking with their buddies, several beers a night. That's your ideal customer, 21 to 24-year-old men. Then we asked a bunch of them, what, what do you care about for light beer? And they said things like, you know, relaxation, low carbs, low calories, great taste, good value, right? Because they're young and funny ads. They really wanted funny ads. And then they said, cold beer. And we're like, really? Cold beer? Like, okay. But then we looked at our competitors and we said, well, Bud Light was already trying to be cool at the party and like socially acceptable, although maybe they've gotten off the rails on that. And then uh, Miller Light was great taste, less filling, low carbs, low calories. So we're left with cold beer. 
So question number three, what's the promise? The promise is, hey, our beer will be colder. Yeah, no one's going to believe that. And this is the mistake that business owners make. We make this promise, these promises. Hey, buy from us and we'll give you a better experience. And we say these things and they might even be true. We have great but service. Our, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Our brains don't believe it, right? So when you say something and make a promise, but you don't finish that sentence of influence with the proof, it sounds like fluff. If we came out, listen to this. If we came out and said, hey, buy Coors Light, our beer is colder. Like, well, that is ex extremely like not believable, <laughs> like that extra not believable, right? Right. So you have to finish the sentence of influence. So here's what we did. So this is the thing that I want all of your listeners to learn. Number one, who are you targeting? Who's your real good customers? Two, what are their insights? What do they care about? You got to understand that. That's the foundation. Based on that, what is the promise you're going to make? And then what's your proof? And of course, like, we didn't have very good proof, right? What, what, what are you going to say to make people believe, believe their beer is colder? That's where those innovations that you guys are talking about come in. The first innovation that I rolled out was called the Frost Brew Liner Can. Now, this one comes before the one with the mountains that turn blue. This one is one where inside the aluminum can, there's a blue liner. Well, here's the secret about consumers, audience members, when I speak, they're always like, oh, blue liner. Oh, yeah, that probably, you know what? It insulates the can. I'm like, yeah, or? Or it's blue. <laughs> or it's exactly, it's blue. Yeah. People are like, what do you mean? I'm like, here's the secret of the Frost Brew Liner can. Every aluminum can ever made has had a liner inside of it because you can't put beer mm -hmm. next to aluminum or it will corrode. We put a clear liner inside the can so the beer didn't touch the aluminum. Yeah. In our case, we turned it blue and we gave it a fancy name. We called it the Coors Light Frost Brew Liner Can. Here's what happened. Flat light beer industry. Nobody could gain any share. We turned our liner blue. The first year we turned it blue, we increased our sales by $100 million. That's amazing. 5% growth. Yeah. 5% growth in cans of Coors Light because it had a blue liner. Yeah. In that saturated market, that's that's massive. And, and that was oh, probably a fairly easy thing to do, You would, I, I would think. Like, like um, on, a, on the production yeah. side. Right. Yeah. The production side. Yeah. So we turn the liner blue and here's what, here's the thing, what I'm saying, I want to be clear about this. I'm not suggesting you should be misleading to your customers, but over and over when I work with business owners, like the ones that listen to your podcast, what we find is they already have blue liners. They already have things they're doing that are unique, that are special, that are valuable to the customers. And many times they're their, their best kept secrets, right? They're not putting them in the right spot in their sales flow, in their website, in their proposals, hey. in their one-on-one -on -one conversations, right? So the blue liner, yeah, it cost us, I forget what the, it was minuscule. And uh, we, you should have been there when we went to the, the engineers on the can line. We're like, hey, we're from marketing. And they're like, uh-huh, what? He right? <laughs> and we're like, hey, we got this big idea. Um, so we're going to turn the liner inside the can. We want to turn it blue. And they're like, it's inside the can. No one can even see it in there. What are you people nuts? It's going to have to optimize the line. 
There was obsolescence though, because the package, remember guys, the package has to match the cans inside the package, right? Yeah. So yeah. there's all these costs that people don't realize, right? And then we made an incremental 100 million bucks and they're like, what else you guys got, right? And that's when we rolled out more and more and more innovations around cold, culminating with the one where the mountains turn blue when it's cold enough to drink. Ultimately, we made $250 million a year incremental in the business. Yeah. We actually grew through the onslaught of craft beer when all the other big beer brands were declining. But that framework, every business can use that framework to change how they influence customers. So it's make a promise and then demonstrate why that promise, why they can trust the promise because we do this, because the liner's blue, because the mountain's blue. Yeah. So when you make a promise, oh, our our product is better quality. Notice what your brain does. Your brain goes, well, your product is better quality because? Yeah. And your brain is looking for proof. Whenever you make a promise, someone's brain is looking for proof of the promise. And so many times we don't do it and people don't even realize that they're missing out on it. Thanks for making the great decision to listen into this week's episode highlight. If you want more of what you just heard, see the show notes for the full episode. As always, for the latest decision-making tips, find us on decidedlypodcast.com or on Instagram at decidedlypodcast. And be sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter from the link in the show notes. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review as well. We read all of your comments, so if you learned some decision-making tips today, let us know. Until next time, this is Decidedly. Insights, advice, and comments provided by Sean Smith, Sanger Smith, and speakers identified as part of the Decidedly podcast should not be considered recommendations. Speakers not identified as members of Decidedly are expressing their opinion, and their statements should not be construed as reflecting the views of the Decidedly team. This podcast is produced solely for informational purposes, not personalized advice.